Welcome, and thank you for listening today. This Caregiver Life podcast focuses on caregivers from all walks of life. Throughout the episode, we will hear from caregivers on the front line, those who do the day-to-day, sometimes hour-to-hour caregiving. We will also hear from care recipients, professionals in the field of caregiving, and other various topics of interest to those living this caregiver life. Hello, everybody. We're here for another episode of This Caregiver Life. We have a guest with us today, Raquel Derrick. Did I say your last name correctly? Yes. Yes. Or Dr. Lockie, as I like to call you. And we, are, Dr. Lockie and I are going to do some collaboration on This Caregiver Life and um, her new venture called FOB, or Forward Operating Base. We're going to put together a couple of podcasts that we're going to bring to our listeners, and we hope that it is fruitful and interesting for our listeners. But before we get started on giving the the intro to what we'll be doing in the month of June, I'm going to ask Dr. Rocky to share a little bit about herself. Thank you. So I'm so happy to be here. Um, I am a New Yorker, born and bred. Um, I live in New York with my husband, who is um, an Army Reserve veteran, and I serve as um, his caregiver at times, um, but always his wife. And um, I have a PhD in criminal justice, so I wrote my dissertation on family engagement for youth who are involved in the youth justice system um, and the child welfare system. And so that's kind of what I do in my profession is I work on youth justice initiatives and um, really advocating to make sure that our youth that get uh, swept up in the system get the best possible care um, to really uh, benefit them long term. Um, And I have two adorable chihuahuas. (laughs) And what are their names? Because we love dogs on this caregiver life. Their names are Bandit and Sydney. Okay, how old are they? Gosh, they're like 11 and 13, I think. And it's getting old and cranky, so I feel like he's my first uh, my first vision into what it's going to be like to have an aging man in the house. <laughs> to be aging adults. Well, I'm in the aging category myself these days. I'm like an old dog. <laughs> um, so, no, we love dogs on this show. We have uh, Jen, who is not able to join us today. My co-host has two dogs that we, we often hear barking in the background when we're doing our podcast, especially now that we're pandemic living and everybody's home all of the time. I have one of the dogs laying next to me and then there's two other dogs in the house as well. So, so we're, we're dog families. We'll have to share pictures of us, of the dogs. So, um, okay, so that's a great background. Um, how about if you tell us a little bit about FOB? Okay, so FOB or Family Operating Base is an organization that I um, dreamt up while in a, serving in a former capacity where I was working at the Service Members Veterans and Their Families Technical Assistance Center. And it was a federal center and I was traveling around the country and working with interagency teams to develop strategic plans to support the behavioral health needs of their SMBF populations. 
Um, and I just really started to see at that time, the whole caregiver conversation among military and veteran populations was really kind of just starting to emerge. Um, and I was also like really new into my own journey as a caregiver and my realization of that identity. Um, and so I was kind of like growing along as I was doing it. And then at this like really cool little wine bar in Washington state one night, my coworker and I started talking and I was like, you know, I'd really like to create a peer support community for um, military and veteran caregivers. And so the idea of the FOB was born. Um, at the time, I thought I wanted it to be more of a brick and mortar place. Um, but since the start of the pandemic, and then, and then I focused on finishing my dissertation, um, graduating grad school, you know, getting a real adult job that was like full time and the FOB kind of fell to the wayside um, because I didn't have the capacity to focus on it. And then when the pandemic hit, I um, kind of resurrected it as a project and re-envisioned it just to really, the mission of the FOB has always been to create this sense of connectedness among a population that can often feel um, isolated or misunderstood and realizing with the pandemic that it's not just caregivers that need that right now. It really is everybody um, that's needing to feel connected during a time of isolation. Um, and so I reinvented and also like brick and mortar is not a thing right now. So I reinvented it as a virtual community. Um, and we're really just getting off the ground, but it's got some great engagement and I really envision it going forward as just a resource to bring people together and create a sense of connection. I love it. And I'm part of the FOB. I'm a member there. So you, you brought me in early on and I, I love the posts in there. They are engaging and they're, uh, and they're positive. They have a positive flow to them, but it's not to say you couldn't say something if you were upset or you were hurting, you could express that in the group. There's good manners in the group. There's some fun in the group. Um, and then there's some serious posts as well. And so I love that. You do a really great job of um, sort of curating the people to come together and share information in the group. And it feels like a safe place to share. Thank you. It's, it's really important to me that it's authentic and that I'm authentic and that I'm always being my authentic self in there. So that's really good to hear. Thank you. Yeah. Well, that's what I get from it. And so you came to me because I have a podcast, This Caregiver Life, Jennifer McIndae and I, and we are caregivers. And as you say, it's not all we are, but we do love the caregiver community. Um, we've been caregivers for a long time, all of us in various different ways and in different capacities. And we like to be authentic on this caregiver life. We like to share our hearts and souls. We don't filter ourselves and we don't filter our guests. Our guests are always polite, but they've shared some really tough stuff on our podcast. And it's really, it's an honor that people feel that they can share that with us because I know that there are people listening. I would have been one of them if podcasts were a thing when I first became a a caregiver, I would love to have listened to people share what I was feeling, even though we can't make it better, but I would not have felt so alone. I had very many lonely days back then when I was first a caregiver. I had some very dark moments at that time in my life. So it's, you feel less dark and less lonely, less lonely when people can share. So I love that you want to collaborate on this and that you see that caregivers can lead the way in how to cope with the pandemic 
issues that have come to so many of us. Yeah, I really saw an opportunity with, I've seen a lot of um, articles, like I said, I'm, you know, I'm a researcher by trade and I'm a policy analyst. And so I spend a lot of time, you know, reading and learning. And especially when I don't understand something, like I have to learn it. I have to read about it. I have to try to understand it. And um, I was seeing a lot about grief and this concept of grief in the pandemic, right? And not necessarily the grief that we maybe most closely associate with, which is like the loss of a loved one, right? But this different kind of grief that's more of like the loss of the way things were or the way we expected them to be or where we thought they were going. And I just started thinking that like caregivers have been kind of doing this for a long time, right? Like we've been on one aspect grieving our lives or the lives we thought we would have. And on another aspect, like celebrating the lives we end up with in place of those lives or visions, right? And so I just really thought it was an opportunity to turn to a population that's really good at just accepting accepting and flourishing through the fact that things are not gonna go the way we intended or want them to. And that we can move, we can often um, change our course of thinking almost on a dime because we, we have to make something work because it, because that's what we're faced with almost all the time as caregivers is making decisions, not just for us, but we make decisions for that other adult in our life or child. But I mean, I think if you're a caregiver um, to a child, to your own child, you have two, there's two different things going there. You, you're parenting and you really must be the caregiver even if your child has disabilities and whatnot. It's, it's kind of different than when you're caring for an adult, you're making decisions for them. And you're, you're having to navigate many things, healthcare appointments, finances, daily schedules, um, things that crop up for them, and then you have to balance your own issues as well. So that's that's probably the crux of what we do as caregivers. But then a lot of what we want to do in our lives is based on how that's going to affect the person that we're taking care of. And that's where you can almost have grief on a daily basis as a caregiver. You'd be so inhuman if you didn't have some of those feelings. Even if you're a caregiver for a really long time, you still can feel like, oh, I really wanted to do that. Like I really wanted to do my yoga certification, but you know what, that's not gonna happen. So I'm in the middle of a program and I feel a little sad about it. It's like a missed opportunity for me. I've had many of them over the years and it doesn't really ever get easier, but I do feel it and, and then I get over it because I have to move on. So there's always so many other things to take care of, but I've allowed myself to say it's okay to feel bad about that. And I don't need anybody's sympathy over it. I just can feel bad about it, you know? And I think, I think that's what caregivers can really bring to this whole pandemic experience for people who are maybe not um, accustomed to this way of life. Um, and, you know, I'm not, in some ways, like sometimes I am isolated more than others, but I'm not typically isolated to this degree, right? So I'm not saying like caregivers have lived this way every day and have for years. Some have, some components of it have, but um, I think it's just a real opportunity to say like we've 
struggled with some of these challenges and we honor your grief and we relate to your grief and it's important that you do the same and it's equally important that you don't get stuck there right mm -hmm. yep. and that's kind of the constant struggle of being the caregiver is honor the grief but don't get stuck there mm -hmm. and i just think it's the skill set um that our community has that maybe the population at large could benefit from hearing more about and learning from. And we're caregivers, so we like to care for many people, not just the people who are under our roof or in our family network. We are in our tribe. We care for each other. I'm in North Carolina, you're in New York, and we care for each other. And then we also think you, when we were discussing this idea yesterday, uh, you brought up about essentially paying this forward and giving what we have to other people to help them um, to even just frame it in a different way for themselves. Maybe didn't, they didn't think about um, grief in the same way that we think about grief. Like the first time I knew that I was grieving, not the loss of, of a person from this life, not somebody who died, but grieving the loss of who my husband was and would never be again was like a big light bulb it was like somebody stabbed me in the heart for a moment because I thought oh my god I never even thought about it that way and I grieved really hard for quite some time over losing him yet he was still here oh that's called ambiguity that's the term that I was thinking of earlier when we were talking um ambiguous grief that's how you feel when somebody's alive and or your life that you had that you no longer have because we have the pandemic. It translates to so many different aspects of our life, especially right now. Yes. So and I think it's important that we honor within the pandemic, like we often do in our caregiver lives, is that like, yes, we are caregivers and we serve that function, but we are more than that too, right? And we have other things going on. And so like sometimes our life stops or shifts for a short amount of time to for like an emergency situation right but for the most part we're figuring out how to like keep this identity going while still living our lives and i think that we need to acknowledge you know with this pandemic is that like there's a lot of things about the world that have changed but a lot of ways that we're still being asked to show up in ways that may be more challenging to do because we're not accustomed to this new way of life. And again, I think that's where caregivers have this real um, strength of being like, either, you know, sometimes we show up or like sometimes we just don't, right? And we just, and that's okay. And we just take, we put a boundary or we do a thing or we take a time to figure that out. And I think, um, again, it's so easy to be like hard on ourselves and this is so new and widespread for everyone that I think sharing some of those like tips and tricks that we've used over the years to be able to still also do all the other things that we want or need to do um, is really an opportunity. Okay, outstanding. I love that whole thought process and we're gonna take a break um, and then when we come back, we will, we will talk about the topics that we're going to cover and um, ask for some people to maybe step forward and be a guest on our show. And we're back. Okay, so 
let's talk about um, right now. Our, our, we're a work in progress, but we're looking at four different podcasts that we potentially will share live, but we may not. That's how we roll on this period of life. And it's okay because like I might get up and I might've had a really bad day when we're having a podcast that we're videoing and I might not want to be videoed. <laughs> it all depends on what's rolled out that day around this house. So, so we, so we may not, but we may, we're, we're going to, we are going to attempt to um, share these live on this caregiver life Facebook page, and then also share them as a post and then put it up on YouTube so that it's evergreen and people can come back and listen to our podcast or see our guests and see us have this conversation and they can garner more information over time because sometimes you listen to something all the way through and then you need to go back and, and hear it again and maybe you're in a different place and you want to hear it. And so our topics are going to be, what's the first one you think we'll do? I think we're going to start with um, adapting to a virtual world, right? So we want to talk about homeschooling, which is actually really common in the military and veteran communities and also in the caregiving communities, um, but it's very new to the mass community. Um, so it's an area that we might have some expertise to push out. And then I think also working remotely, because again, as caregivers, can be tough to keep traditional um, hours and, you know, we go to a lot of appointments and stuff. So again, it's something that um, maybe we've been doing for a little bit longer. Okay. And then I think, so I love that topic. We're going to combine the two of them. We are going to ask some people we know if they would like to be on the podcast with us and share their, their tips and tricks. Um, and maybe if they have some good hacks for homeschooling. Um, so I'm excited about that one. And then the next one we're going to do is adjusting to the new normal, which is, um, a deeper conversation about, um, isolation and what it means. And, um, some of the, some of the things that we've done to adapt to that kind of lifestyle, the grief, as we've already touched on, that is part of that, um, new normal. And again, some of our some of our hacks like on how you get through the grief. <laughs> there are ways, you don't have to stay in it. There are ways of um, overcoming and maybe not letting it all go, but maybe learning how to breathe better, giving ourselves a there, there, now, now, once in a while, right, to get through it. And, and then we were thinking- are healthier than others, probably. <laughs> yes, there's all kinds of ways that we can get through that. Um, and we can talk about all of them. They're, they're not bad unless you, you're going to use some really bad drugs. I don't think that they're really, any one of them are really bad. I think that they're, they are what they are. They just get through. Um, and then the next one. So I'll talk about the next one and you wrap it up with the last one. Um, the mind and body health. So we're going to talk about how to enrich our lives with um, fitness, you know, how to be physically fit, what we can do while we're home to be physically fit, how we can have good nutrition for our bodies, um, that hope, you know, healthy body, healthy mind, healthy mind, healthy body. Like they, they all really, they're circular and they all work together. So how we can keep feeling fit all the way around so that we can have better days as we work through these pandemic days. And you want to, want to round out the last one there? 
Yeah, and then we want to wrap it up with a conversation about really caring for yourself, right? And more important than anything else, be kind to yourself. Um, and how we've kind of figured out how to do that. Um, and also resilience, right? And the fact that um, we have bad days, we have good days, we have bad days, but how do we keep um, pushing through them regardless? And how do we, um, I really like the idea of post-traumatic growth, right? So how are we coming out of this experience stronger, healthier, you know, how do we take things that we thought were negative and realize that they've actually been a positive to us or we can integrate, like there may be things by the end of this pandemic that we realize like, Hey, I really want to keep that actually. (laughs) I enjoyed that. Or that was good and healthy for me. So, um, just a conversation kind of about that. Okay, I love that too. So that's four sessions that we have. We could we could possibly come up with a fifth one, but right now we've we've put together four. They probably will be one hour episodes. That's a lot of content that we're putting into into one podcast. When you talk about going virtual, that's it's would be difficult to cover homeschooling, social networking, working from home in a 30 or 40 minute podcast. So they'll probably be about an hour long, each one of them. And we'll bring some good information with us and share links in, in um, on each one of like this uh, Caregiver Life page and we'll share them in the fob and we'll share them in the description of the podcast. So you won't just get a lot of chatter, you'll get some good links to good information that you can go back and visit and you can apply to your life over time. Sometimes things don't really make sense at that particular moment, but you want to go back and you want to hear it again. So we'll introduce a lot of that. And I'm very into the mindful, mindfulness training and world that I'm in. So I'll introduce some of those readings and um, some of those authors that have had a big impact on me in the last few months that have helped me too. It's changed all of our lives this pandemic. Um, so caregivers lead the way in the pandemic. I really love that. It shows our, our strength and sometimes our courage to go forward into places we never knew we were going to have to go into. And I think a lot of people in the pandemic are feeling um, a lot of those things that we have felt separately, but now it's more of a collective experience. Yes. And we're all going through collective grief, which is, you know, something that we can work on together. And I think that one of the most important lessons I've learned as a caregiver is I am capable of way more than I ever dreamed I could be. Well, you got your doctorate, didn't you? I sure did. Again, I got my graduate degrees. I don't know if I would have done that before I became a caregiver, but I had a different sense of strength about myself and moving forward about myself and a different self-esteem, I think, because, because I had to do things that were really difficult and I did them. Yeah. And I, it's interesting because people will say with the, you know, with my doctorate, like, I don't know how you did that. Like, I don't know how you ever got it done or I could never do that. And I'm like, no, you could. And the, the way I got it done is I let everything go to crap for an amount of time to get it done. Right. I just made a choice that like, it's going to get a little ugly and then I'm going to clean it up afterwards. And I'm also going to have three more letters behind my name and it's going to be worth it. <laughs> and it's not forever. You know, nothing is forever. So we'll talk more about that on some of these episodes. Nothing is forever. Getting a graduate degree is not forever. Getting a doctorate is not forever. But the rewards are, I don't know, you almost 
they're not even quantifiable financially. The rewards are so intrinsic to have had those accomplishments because they, they're our own. Yes, we're caregivers, but man, my MPA has just my name on that, <laughs> right? So your doctorate has your name on that. And even though you get it with the help of your family and the support with them and you let things go, you still put in all the work and it's so important to feel that. So where, where and how can we find our accomplishments now? So we want to we want to be able to share some of those things on these podcasts. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, so we're going to start in June. We, we need a little bit of uptime here to um, get some of our research done and cultivate some guests for the program. And um, so everybody should look forward to seeing that and listening to us. And so if you want to find us, you can find us on this caregiver life. Facebook page or this caregiver life on Instagram, which I'm really awful at keeping up with. And I say that every time and I, every time I get off a podcast, I think I'm going to make it better. Um, so maybe I will. <laughs> um, and this caregiver at Twitter. And if you have any questions, you can send us questions at this caregiver life at gmail.com. Or you could send us an audio question on this podcast, on this caregiver life podcast. We would love that. We'll play it on our next podcast. If you're listening and you think you have something to offer for um, our upcoming series in June, we would love to hear from you. So with that, we'll say goodbye till the next time. <laughs>